0: Hello everyone. <laughs> Hello Nathan. Hello Pen. <laughs>
1: I, I thought there'd be more. I
0: didn't yeah, know if right. Well, much to yeah. oh, I have more. Okay, Steve. That's good. <laughs> First of all, I'm Nathan. I'm the Dungeon Master for the Reckless Attack 5th Edition Actual Play Dungeons and Dragons podcast. And I am surrounded by a bunch of Jamokes <laughs> whom I hate now. Oh, no.
2: What? Why?
0: We'll let you all introduce yourselves so that the listening audience will know who is about to be chastised for their crimes against me personally.
2: Was this because I said purple suede?
0: It was not. That was, that was almost enough that- to redeem you. Oh, okay. And your, let's call it alternative attempt <laughs> to have vocal warm-ups like red leather, yellow leather, purple suede, which someone is welcome to make that album cover if they want. But no, that's not it, Sophie. Oh, no. So why don't you, Sophie, introduce yourself, please.
2: Hi. As Anne said, I'm Sophie. (laughs) (laughs) I play Valeska Carter, the human asterisk cleric of the Arcana Domain. And I'm pretty sure it's been a while. She's just out on patrol.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Out on patrol, no big deal. Nothing to worry about, I'm sure. Enjoying a very calm Mm -hmm.
2: evening. Very Mm -hmm. chill. Just talking to her
0: patrol buddies. Yeah, exactly. F- first and foremost, of course, among those patrol buddies is beloved character, Selvastrolyn, played by a not-beloved
1: Steve. Steve, <laughs> introduce yourself. <laughs> oh, no. We're all oh. just recoiling. <laughs> oh, <dang>. all
3: right. <laughs> Hello, I didn't
1: clear this intro with anyone yeah. <laughs> else. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm still, <laughs> I think, <laughs> currently playing <laughs> For now, For now. Uh, at least until the After the introduction of this episode, (laughs) the dissolution of the podcast. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I guess it's just, uh, it's patrol time. We're out looking for trouble. And so I guess it's time to, uh, find it (laughs) i'm hoping i hope we don't find anything bad and that it's just a normal patrol and everything is quiet and then we can go back and go to sleep and have a nice rest and then get up in the morning and just do some more shopping and maybe Mm -hmm. some playing in the treasure room but um (laughs) you know that's my plan i don't know what other plans dm nathan may have about it.
3: hi everyone my name
1: is jonathan
3: and usually I play Checkers, the Grung Druid, and his trusty frog pal, Mango. But now, the podcast is dissolved, so you play no one. No, No, no. Uh, No, that's not true. (laughs) So, for tonight, we're doing something a little bit different, Mm. in that I am playing someone who has joined Selv and Valeska on patrol, and that's all the introduction that I will give for right now. Ooh, Ah. keeping it
0: a mystery,
3: interesting. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Before turning it over to... Well, I was just going to tell everyone oh, okay. why I, <laughs> okay. I, I was. It's, but... you know, you're
0: all individuals. You can make your own choices. Whatever you want to do, David. I mean, David. Hi, everyone. I'm David. <laughs> and usually I also play Casker and Brightmain.
3: But today I am playing a different NPC, <laughs> who I will reveal
0: at a later time. Are they, okay, are they, are okay. they
1: really an NPC if you're playing them? <laughs> You know, this Uh, is a lot
0: of... That's a very existential question, right? And we'll save that for some
1: bonus content. Okay, okay. I also think that the whole splitting the party is like, uh, you know, maybe there's like a huge energy release when that happens. It's like splitting an atom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Enough to destroy
0: the red city of Agbom. I'll put it this way. You may need it tonight. (laughs) Oh, no. But first, some business. Some beefs, in fact. In the in-between times, in between our last recordings, something was brought to my attention. I had been carefully crafting a grand unveiling of what this creature was, the the Mothman that you had been facing, had been terrorizing you all for months of gameplay. And I had a big dramatic reveal, said the name with a lot of weight. Everyone reacted (laughs) in a like, wait, that's where you're leaving it. It was great. It was very rewarding. And then I found out that I was the only one at the table who knew what Mothman was. <laughs> <laughs> and we were all just looking at Nathan, like, why, is, why did you make a dumb name for why this Why did scripture? you call <laughs> it <laughs> this
3: dumb name? Yeah. yeah,
0: right. You just took the goth moth and put a man at the end yeah, of it. Yeah, you made like... goth moth worse. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing, Nathan? Yeah. <laughs> and that was just, that really was painful for me personally, where like, and let this inform all DMs, where sometimes. <laughs> Even groups who have played together for a long time. Things that you think might be cool and be a revelation. Not always. (laughs) Not always.
1: Just going to interject just a tiny little personal thing in here. Jeff, if you're listening, this is the Abaddon thing all over again. (laughs) (laughs) So,
0: for both your edification and the listeners, I have done the liberty of doing a lot of research, a.k.a. pulling up the Wikipedia page for Mothman. And I am having a dramatic reading from a, poor, a small portion of it.
3: I'm going to get some bongos over here and it just feel like... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very spooky. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, the spookiest instrument. Yeah. bongos. <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't know, it is a quote-unquote real cryptid here in the U.S. actually. In West Virginia folklore, the Mothman is a humanoid creature reportedly seen in the Port Ple- Point Pleasant area... From November 15th, 1966 to December 15th, 1967, the first newspaper report was published titled Couples See Man-Sized Bird, Creature, Something? The national press soon picked up the reports and helped spread the story across the United States. On November 15th, two young couples from Point Pleasant told police that they saw a large gray creature whose eyes glowed red when the car's headlights picked it up. They described it as a large flying man with 10-foot wings following their car while they were driving in an area outside of town. During the next few days, other people reported similar sightings. Following the December fifteenth, 1967 collapse of the Silver Bridge and the death of 46 people, the incident gave rise to the legend and connected the Mothman sightings to the bridge collapse. In 2016, a news station published a photo purported to be of Mothman. Someone proposed it showed a bird, perhaps an owl, carrying a frog or snake away. (laughs) But I choose to believe that it was the Mothman. And so, this is the creature, not a bird, perhaps an owl, carrying a frog or snake away, but a herald of destruction and of sadness and of doom is what you face. But that's not let's not skip ahead of ourselves here. It's just a night on the town in Agmar. You guys are just strolling around self, Valeska, these two NPCs played by PCs, you don't know, <laughs> we'll figure it out. Are just strolling the pleasant, albeit dark streets. Of the Red City, Sophie and Steve, could you please first describe your characters, what they're doing, what the kind of omniscient camera swooping in on your position in the city as you are on patrol on the Red City of in the Red City of Agmar, watching out for signs of this Herald.
2: Well, they would see Valeska in her leather armor, loose fitting pants with tall boots. She does have her dark blue eye mask on because mm-hmm. it's just like a habit at yeah, this point yeah. like she feels weird not <laughs> wearing it uh, and her short cropped brown hair braided back and together at the nape of her neck and she looks quite small next to self as she's maybe five feet tall yeah and he is seven it's a real. Six and
1: a half, a I think. Yeah, it's six, six and a half or so, yeah. While we're walking around, Selv is, uh, he's like six and a half feet tall. And if there's any kind of moonlight out uh, yes. right now, so um, he, it kind of reflects off his scales, which are a combination of silver and white. And so he, in the moonlight, he almost has a little bit of a glow, especially if there's like a, a, a fog or anything around him. You can kind of like see it reflect off and shine. He is constantly looking around up, down, left, right, and just watching the skies, keeping his eyes moving so that any any larger shapes he can even if he catches it out of the kind of the corner of his eye, he could focus on it as fast as possible and he's walking with his uh with his staff he's wearing his travel gear, which is uh his um Shit's about to go down, gee. <laughs> so it's mostly kind of a, a dark red and crimson with a gold almost sash across the, uh, across the chest. And he's just walking around and maybe occasionally piping in on any conversation that's going, but he's mostly focused on just watching and, and keeping an eye out because having encountered these creatures before, he knows that he absolutely does not want to get caught off guard by one of these things. Mm-hmm.
0: I love the idea that Selv just has a like, yeah, this can get blood on it, Guy. <laughs> <laughs> yep It's fine. Hotline.
2: Val is probably carrying on conversation with the two guards that yeah. are with with them while still keeping an eye out, but she doesn't have dark vision, so she's carrying a torch. Occasionally, she'll start walking backwards and maybe like hold on to Selv's hand as she does it. Just like get <laughs> a view, just adorable. like making sure.
1: So you know. just to clear, are you using a torch or do you have the light spell? I don't have the light spell. Okay.
2: Oh, no, I do have a light spell. Yep. Okay. I'm just. Uh,
1: well, you know, <laughs> torch torches <laughs> is also yeah. also a good idea. But if you have a torch, if you could put the light spell maybe on Selv's staff.
2: Yeah, let's put this light spell on the top of Selv's staff and I'll have a torch.
1: Sounds cool. good.
2: Light the, all around.
1: Because I can't see in the dark either.
0: To set the scene, as you guys are about to introduce your characters again, you guys got introduced here as you were kind of assembling your, you know, calling in favors from your allies, saying, hey, we have a plan. Namgar was able to happily connect you guys with some patrolmen in the area who were on the night shift to kind of accompany you and bolster your forces. Specifically, you guys, the two of you plus the two guard people are actually in the stills area of the city which is kind of in the southeast portion most towards the waveless lake and as you're walking around you can definitely see that this is the part of town that is well lived in but is definitely not as opulent as many of the other places are or were this is clearly a working-class neighborhood
1: I'm going to use Control Flame, which is just a, a semantic component. So I'm just going to kind of wave my hand and I am going to double the bright light and dim light cast by the torch.
0: Ooh. Ooh. Oh, cool. Cool. So the two guilders are walking along and who accompanies them this evening? I believe this is also the first introduction of these characters to the rest of the table as well. You are accompanied by a tallish-looking
3: humanoid. He is a little bit shorter than Selv, but he has this shoulder-length hair that's golden, and he's a little bit stockier than Selve might be. The thing that you would note about him is that he's wearing this kind of old-looking set of full plate. Um, it looks like it's been well cared for, but it's it's survived a few battles. However, both of the sleeves have been, like, cut off basically so he's essentially just wearing this giant breastplate looking thing but it's awesome. full plate. He's standing up tall and he's just sniffing the night air I'm just trying to get a sense of everything around him. It looks like, it's like he's not even paying attention <laughs> to the, the actual sights around him. He's more or less just trying to smell what's going on around him. Um, and when he would have introduced himself earlier he would have said mm, Pleasure to meet you. My name's Bartholomew but anyone that knows better calls me Char. Hi. Hi. Who are you?
2: Valeska Carter, Golden Tree Guild.
3: Carter, nice to meet you. And you there?
4: Mm, so, also of the Golden Tree Guild. Vasterlin,
3: that's a strong name. Nice to meet you. Mm, thank you. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this then?
0: Ah. Uh, no, and... I was
2: more sad about it in my name, means oh. not being <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> strong.
0: Um, do you just look like a pretty much normal human type person? Yes, for right I... now. Mm-hmm.
3: You're also accompanied by a small halfling, about four feet tall, standing a little bit shorter than Velasca. He is...
0: (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah, right? Four feet tall, tiny person. Yeah. A little bit smaller than that. Just a little bit smaller (laughs)
2: than that. Hey, I got a foot on you!
3: (laughs) He's wearing basic leather armor. He has a short sword by his side. And most notably, he has slicked back brown (laughs) hair and two golden earrings. Ooh. Nice to meet you. The name's Harrison Goodleaf. It's a pleasure to be working with you today. Hello. And so he has been basically babbling this entire time <laughs> as we're walking. I don't think this moth man's really that big of a deal. I mean, I'd, I'd rather like to see him tonight if possible. I think he'll go down rather easily.
2: Val oh, just looks no. sideways and so <laughs>
3: <laughs> What's the big deal? It's just a blob of darkness, right? That's what the reports have said. Nah, it can't be that bad.
2: Val himself just make meaningful <laughs> eye
3: contact. Yep, that
2: makes sense. Uh, Val will cast Mind link and self,
3: <laughs>
2: and ask him, would you like to explain this one?
4: Well, you have to think of it as darkness with um, claws and teeth and...
2: And sentience?
4: Mm.
3: How do you smell darkness, I wonder? Smells like fear. (laughs) And Char continues to smell the night air. (laughs) Just a dude sniffing the air as they do. And one thing that Char would have shown you before is that he kind of takes a quick second, breathes in and inhales. And all of a sudden you see his like just both of his arms get massively muscular, like his shoulders pop and his biceps just like get crazy huge. And he grows these long, almost canine like teeth. And he just like growls for a minute. What do you think?
4: Fascinating. (laughs) What is happening? Formidable.
2: As we are walking, Val is going to start politely asking you about how you do
3: Mm -hmm. what you just did. (laughs) And then
2: we'll become more insistent.
3: Well, I actually come from a long line of soldiers here in Agmar. My people have been in Agmar for quite some time, actually. We were here when we first reclaimed the city. My family and I, we have been guards here in Agmar this whole time, and I find it part of my duty, you could say, to continue guarding the city.
2: I appreciate your service. How do you grow fangs and make your arms (laughs) do that? That was more Uh, what I was getting at.
3: Ah, well, it's a leftover ability from when the Pentarchy were experimenting, I hear. We more or less look humanoid now, but we still have this vestige of bestial power within us that allows us to transform. It can be useful sometimes, but you see why I don't use it all the time here.
2: Fascinating. I could see how it
3: would uh, ruin a lot of shirts. Yes, well, <laughs> I tend not to wear sleeves, if you understand.
0: So, would you like to roll a history check to see if you know anything more?
2: Yes. Guidance.
0: <laughs> you're just quietly like oh interesting interesting and then turn to the side and whisper a prayer and touch your chest to be like but like what is the real deal what do i remember what do i remember mm-hmm. exactly 19 nice so you would actually know that there is a pretty sizable population of beast folk here in the city some of them are a little more obvious And some of them are much like your new NPC guard friend, (laughs) who are just kind of totally normal people. But they were people who the Pentarchy in the early days of their empire modified and experimented on, essentially. Eventually, they moved to other projects and... The beast folk were able to essentially become their own people, more or less, and are kind of just treated in the same way that every mortal on Rixia is, especially now, aren't really looked upon. It's been so long since they were created that they are just looked upon like anyone else.
1: So you decided to play a character that literally has a beast mode. (laughs) Yes. Mm, I'm going to climb on the roof and see if I can get a better view of the area. I'll follow you along there while you guys patrol down here.
2: Sounds good. Shout and Val will tap her head as she says it. Shout if mm. you need anything.
1: Of course. And I will, uh, I'll make sure to stay within the 30 feet or so of Val so the, the mind link is still active.
3: Well, I don't know if you, I don't know if we should let you go alone. Harrison, what do you think? I mean, he's pretty tall. I, th- I guess we'll be able to see, uh, <laughs> I guess we'll be able to see it coming from a mile away.
1: I will be with you just right up there. Or is that the uh, going alone? That's what you're worried about.
3: A bit. If if what you've told me about this creature is true, then I'm just concerned is all. I'm just thinking, like, do I want to, like, I could give Harrison a boost up there and travel along with (laughs) Selv. So Char's going to, like, just shift his left arm, basically, so it's super muscular, and then hold it out to (laughs) Harrison. Climb on. And Harrison just does like a almost, like a bunny hop right onto Char's hand, <laughs> <laughs> like he's playing hopscotch. Just whoop. oh, I love that. And then Char's just gonna like hurl him up towards where Selv has jumped up onto the rooftops to, and he, he just like just rockets right up <laughs> and just lands onto the roof next to Selv and continues walking without skipping a beat.
0: Uh, ooh, you have make it. You make it up there, no problem. Could you roll me an acrobatics or some other check to see how impressive of a landing it is? Give me just a dex check. 18. Ooh, yeah. Describe your flawless gymnast-like landing.
3: So I imagine Char and Harrison have worked together within the Mm SVU for a while. And so this is a pretty common tactic they've used to get higher ground where Char just, like, bulges his muscles and makes a platform <laughs> for Harrison, who just jumps up and almost continues walking. Normally, he would, like, he could do, like, a flip or, or whatever to add some flourish, but it's almost more impressive that he just yeah. jumps straight up like an acrobat
0: and then lands. Yeah, like, almost in just, like, just as if he's taking another step, yeah, basically, yeah. and just matches pace. Awesome. And,
3: and this whole time, like, as he's talking, he doesn't even take a breath he just keeps saying stuff like and isn't it nice how how gorgeous it is outside how how bright (laughs) the stars are it's so quiet and lovely you can barely hear just the crickets and Mm, as he's walking on uh,
2: Val in (laughs) Sal's mind just goes I mean yeah it's a lot quieter down here now
0: (laughs) you guys continue walking along the rooftops and the streets of Agmar and of the stills and the first ones to feel it are the two on the roof all of this happens all at the same time in that kind of snappy way where things go from good to bad where Selv and the diminutive showy halfling get this strange feeling about them as the whole group hears not a cry as I kind of described last time, but more of a whimper of someone in extreme duress. Almost pleading and oh oh no no, no oh, oh, hyperventilating. I would like the two people on the rooftop to make me a wisdom saving throw.
1: Selv has a fifteen
0: Harrison has a 10. The both of you, as soon as you step forward a little bit, you take one step and this all hits you. It is as if if the sky above you is bigger than it's ever been and that you are smaller than you've ever been. That there is this huge city, this huge sky, this huge world, and you are just a tiny, insignificant, vulnerable speck on it. You feel your chest tighten up, and you feel as if you are alone and exposed in the middle of some unfathomably large field. An open abyss of darkness, of no cover, and I'd like everyone to roll initiative. Cool.
3: Ah! Cool. Wow. Oh, nice. With a twenty-one, Hey! wow! A natural twenty, nice, <laughs> nice.
2: Eighteen for now,
3: hey.
2: with no bonus.
3: <laughs> Harrison with eleven.
2: Steve
4: <laughs> just
3: looks
1: what, away. What was, what, what, self what was, goes on four. No, really, roll the two.
0: Mechanically, I will first say for the both of you, self and Harrison. Your speed is halved, mm. as if you've entered into an aura. This is all an aura effect, just for clarity. Your speed is halved. You have minus 2 to your AC. And minus 1d4
1: on every attack. So did neither neither of us made the save?
0: No, this is what you both share. Oh. Ah, oh, there's no save. So some effects just happen, and then the save prevents other bad effects. Ooh. Oh, no. For Harrison... And for anyone else who fails on this roll, you, akin to the slow spell, can either make an action or a bonus action on your turn. So what this is emulating, what you guys are feeling, is as if you are just, again, a tiny speck on a huge plane of existence and are almost supernaturally slowed or imagine an ant going across a table where the ant thinks it's moving perfectly normal, but there is so much table. And that is you. <laughs> you are the ants. That's cool and terrifying. At yeah, I don't same like time.
2: it, but it's awesome. <laughs> Correct.
0: Everyone hears this hyperventilating almost of just <gasps> <sighs> <sighs> coming from around a corner down a small side street up ahead of you guys. And again, it is loud enough that you guys can hear it from the distance that you are. You estimate that it is probably about 30 feet away from certainly the people who are up on the roof. And I'll just give you roughly 30 feet away from you guys. But you do not see anything yet. The people on the roof only start to feel the effects of this thing. Char just kind of gets
3: basically he smells the adrenaline and the sweat and just he can almost smell the the fear that's being exuded around him and it just kind of like kicks him into high gear for a second he instinctually begins shifting into his bestial form Mm -hmm. so he takes one step and all of a sudden he just like (laughs) stops like something's shocked him almost and he just you can hear this low growl coming out of his mouth as his arms slowly become bigger, his hair grows, and the fangs on his teeth begin to enlarge. Val, we're in trouble. Uh, or, Val, someone's in trouble, but also we're in trouble. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh, I'm in <laughs> danger. I'm in danger now. Um, he begins, like, sort of slowly lumbering forward towards the direction that he can sort of hear the whimpering from but yes. he picks up speed as he goes like he's kind of building momentum towards the person and he tries to get closer towards where he's hearing this person when he moves 30 feet does he see anything differently first wisdom saving throw wisdom please saving throw oh natural mm. one
0: <laughs> oh, no.
2: i love that the checker's eye is that chaos of all or nothing yeah yes, right all or nothing
0: <laughs> Uh, So you, Val, you see this large man grow even larger and more bestial and more intense and intimidating. And, you know, you get that flash of like, ah, I see what the Pentarchy was thinking Mm -hmm. when they came up with this sort of thing. But you see this big hulking mortal start to charge in and take several steps and then suddenly it is as if, Char, you are running through quicksand. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not that you're perceiving things slower. It's not even really that you're moving too much slower, but it's just like, imagine your arms are pumping, your legs are pumping in the same way, in the same speed that they always would, but you're not getting as far. Mm-hmm. And you are like... And it, it boggles the mind. Anyone who is watching is like, well, he's not taking smaller steps. He's not going any slower. Why isn't he going? Yeah, <laughs> where, where, why is he still in the same place? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As you are moving around, you, it becomes obvious you would need to double move yeah. to get up, get in that direction. And as you turn the corner, yeah. you see a hulking creature that is a strange amorphous blob that you have come, well, that you, personally, Uh (laughs) you, Jonathan, the player, know very well Mm -hmm. that Char has only read in reports and only heard people talk about. And extruding from this blob Mm -hmm. are four gigantic, what appears to be arms or legs, spindly, alien large, in ways that no normal mortal limb has ever (laughs) has ever stretched and it is on all fours and you see what again the guilders would recognize as an almost skull-like face with giant moth antennae going up from it. it is pushed face to face with a man wearing simple clothing, a dwarf man who is sitting up, but in the fetal position and holding his knees and not not even looking at the monster in front of him because of how terrified he is. And you just see him hyperventilating, thousand yard stare, and just rocking back and forth. And, just <sighs>
3: <sighs> <sighs> and when Char sees this, he is like... He almost starts to try and growl, but it comes out in kind of a loud, almost like, like barking sound, like Rah! that kind of thing. You know, like he's so terrified, or like so surprised almost that this is happening, that he can't quite make up make words come out of his mouth like that.
0: OK, so you're a, but you're able to get within, I will say, about 10 feet or so okay. of this creature. Yeah, but it's like in an alley kind of thing. No, actually, oh. it is. It is interesting where it is. In a street, I mean, huh. it's a pretty narrow street. It is narrower than you know, certainly any even sort of main thoroughfare. But it's not even an alley. It's a pretty open, you know, relatively open space comparatively, which is why the feeling that you're feeling is so extra strange. Because these are not cramped quarters. Hmm. You're also not in the middle of a endless, in- endless void. You're just on a regular, smallish street.
2: Val will say a quick prayer, touch her holy symbol around her neck, and run in the same direction, praying for the knowledge to get her through the battle.
0: Could you make me wisdom saving throw, please? Hopefully. <laughs> I hope so, too. I'm, I cheer for you, you know.
2: 19 on Oof. the die.
0: <laughs> nice. Easy peasy. You still feel the effects. You are still, again, making so much less progress and and moving slowly, or or your reaction time is different or something, you're not sure. But you are able to still take your full bonus and action on each of your turn, and you do not need to make that save as long as you remain inside of this aura. And so you're about 30 feet away from the the creature, and you now see the same thing that Char saw.
2: Gotcha, gotcha. I will, as an action, cast... Mind sliver at the creature.
0: Okay. Ooh, it failed. It's four on the die.
2: Cool. Five psychic damage. Ooh. And it will subtract a D4 from its next saving throw. Ooh.
0: Before the end of my next Ooh. turn. Ooh, very interesting. That's mm-hmm.
2: And then I will cast as a bonus action spiritual weapon. Sick. As Val is running up towards this creature she removes her hand from her holy symbol Mm -hmm. in just kind of a almost like sidearm fling and that is how she casts Mind Sliver at it and in thinking about how she's feeling in this aura the only thing she can think about is that she has felt this small before but in a positive way in reading her Mm -hmm. books and exploring the world So as she casts Spiritual Weapon, a giant book
4: just comes out. Yes. It's like like
2: force pushed out of her shield again. Oh,
4: I love
0: that.
2: But it comes out like open to come and like smack and close (sighs) on the head of this creature. Okay.
0: Give me an attack roll. Cool.
2: A 19 to hit. That hits. Only four points of damage again.
3: Okay.
0: Every little bit counts. Exactly. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: And I will stand behind Char. Nice. The giant man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that strategy has served you well in the past. (laughs) (laughs) So this creature, you slam this celestial book down on it, and it does not move. Um, It takes the damage, certainly, but it is so hyper-focused on its victim right now, and you can see that it is almost heaving with breath. In the same cadence that this person is hyperventilating. Mm-hmm. Uh, as if they are matched.
2: As a free action. Can Val just yell at the top of her lungs?
0: Of course. Just yell,
2: help! At the top of her lungs.
0: Perfect. That's it. Absolutely. Now it's its turn. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> without looking. Without well, you don't really know how it looks. It's just a weird skull. I thought you were telling no us eyeballs. not to look, so I just no. I didn't change where my eye was looking. Look at me! I'm the captain now. Um, it's two legs. We'll call them legs, appendages mm-hmm. that are closest to you guys. Lift up simultaneously, as and it is still maintains perfect balance, even as its whole right side lifts up off the ground. And it sends both of the arms, reaching out, fifteen feet, at each of you, and makes a claw attack.
2: no! Do I have cover? No. But I'm behind charge. Well, you'd
0: have you'd have yeah you'd have partial cover. You can give yourself back the the, the plus two, nice. the minus two <laughs> AC that you that you're missing. Nice, Thanks, sir. Yeah. Ooh, that's bad. Uh, this, we'll say this was against Val since we were talking about you, but that's a three on the die. Yay. Uh,
2: Thanks,
4: Char. DM, <laughs>
0: DM Dice is going to timeouts. Now to Char. Ooh, that's really bad. 14 to hit. Char just, like, brings up his arms in front of him and
3: just absorbs the blow. He shifts back a little bit, heaving with effort, but makes sure not, not to, like, actually hit Val, who's behind him.
0: Yeah, is unmoved, yeah. though, is the point. Right. But, yeah, so you, like... It is this horrible sensation just scraping across you. It is an impossible to describe feeling because this doesn't even feel like a normal mortal Rixian creature. Mm -hmm. It is so strange and so alien.
4: And now a word from our sponsor.
0: This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War. A peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words... Trust no one, Tair. Can the gang find Tair, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength in diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger.
1: Hello, this is your pilot speaking. I would like to welcome you to Reckless Airlines. Our total flight time for this episode is approximately one hour and we will be cruising at an altitude of 2,000 frog stacks. In a little bit, the fight attendants will be by with complimentary clips and excerpts from previous Reckless Attack episodes. We know you have a lot of choices when it comes to 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcasts, and we would like to thank you for choosing ours. If you enjoyed your experience during today's episode, please be sure to fill out the in-flight survey and leave us a rating or review, or tell a friend. Book your next flight with us at www.recklessattack.com, and thank you for listening.
0: Harrison, you are, you know, you have you're just at the edge, you are up on the rooftop with self, and you have just felt this horrible, horrible feeling. And you hear sounds of battle up ahead of you. What do you do? So Harrison has been talking this whole
3: time. And all of a sudden, as we walk into this aura, he feels the words catch in his throat. Reflectively, he begins to cast a spell, but it's like his reflexes are so slowed down. His arms and his fingers aren't
0: moving at the same speed that he's he's used to. Yeah, and his mind, I'd imagine, too, where it's just, like, churning away. Selv,
3: something's not right. Uh, And he casts Silent Image. Next to him appears a perfect duplicate of himself (laughs) (laughs) Uh, with a short sword and everything. And as he's moving he is running forward towards the edge of the roof to get to the creature but his image is moving much faster than him oh twice as sure fast yeah because that's he, awesome. he is moving half and he hasn't quite compensated for that yet so his image moves to the edge of the roof and he catches up uh, a little bit afterwards and they both peer down simultaneously
0: okay awesome and that is what you see is you see this horrible thing unfolding you can maybe even see the arms extend and kind of like are reaching back after having clearly tried to smack the other two people on the ground. And you have a look more than anyone else down on this creature and it's horrible skull like face.
3: Harrison looks back at self and he has this like huge, just <laughs> shit eating grin, basically like, Much in the same way like Checkers does, it's like, (laughs) oh, this is going to be fun. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) And both him and the image turn around and just do like a backward swan dive (laughs) off the roof. Excellent. Excellent. And that is his turn.
1: (laughs) That actually might answer a question Selv had in the back of his mind was, do they fall at half speed?
4: Oh.
0: Ooh. What I'm going to say is that the end of your turn is essentially you like turning around and like the slow-mo, he's clearly about to fall down. Yeah. But interesting. Ooh, ooh. I don't think I can say that yet, but that's a wonderful question, Steve. So you are, you have just started to feel gravity's embrace pull you downward. You can make me another wisdom
1: saving throw if you'd like. Fail. (laughs) I rolled a a two. Damn. Okay. Okay. So I have, I I think I have a little bit more movement than Harrison had. So I'm going to make my way to the edge of the roof Mm -hmm. and whichever corner of the roof is the same side that Val and Char are are coming from.
0: Yeah. So just to re-describe too, so I'm kind of imagining it as this victim is almost up against a wall and cowering, and this creature is before you guys and kind of straight up facing you, and then over to the left is Val and Char kind of
1: charging in. Okay, so I'm going to move to the, the left side of the of the roof. How far is the creature from me?
0: As long as you move all the way, it is essentially just right below you. So you are up on, we'll say, a one-story building, Okay. so it is 10 feet. It, fuck off, Pythagoras! <laughs> You're 10 feet away from this person, okay. from this thing.
1: <laughs> What I am going to do is use Fist of Unbroken Air. Yeah. So right. my first attack with this 18 to hit. Hits? Okay. So as Selvratter runs up there, his fist kind of gets there, there's like that swirling yeah. wind around it, and he just punches down and almost a, a wind form shell of his hand kind of comes out and strikes this thing. Yeah,
0: and I'm imagining it like having like a parabolic arc like over the shoulder of this dwarf so it just like has the the it, proper angle it, to it's, push it's, this yeah, thing. And it's right right in the face just.
1: So that is going to be originally 4 points of damage but we're going to subtract 3 from that. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, even
0: with your dex mod and stuff?
1: Well, uh, so it's it's plus 2. I rolled a 2 on the damage die so plus 2 is 4 oh. points and then minus the 3 on the so it's, it's one point of damage, but it does have to make a strength saving throw or be pushed back 10 feet and be knocked prone. Nice. Four on the
0: die. We punch down and make a less than ideal connection. You self immediately in the same way that in some of your other fights have noticed. Seem to do as much damage as you hoped and it has the effect that you hoped and you see this thing just like anime skid backwards as dust and stuff kicks up as it is separated from the victim who is still clearly totally out of it and totally unresponsive and still breathing and hyperventilating but this thing is now no longer looming over it and it rears back and looks straight directly at you
1: and then I'm going to. Uh, am I still within fifteen feet of it? it I'm going to uh, say if I if I move if I if I move a little bit. So
0: if you drop down to the ground, you could.
1: Uh, hmm. Yes, I will. Uh, Sick. I, I will. I will drop. I will just basically like uh, leap off the. Do you uh, have that like wall walk yet? Not yet. Thing. Okay, you um, mean athletics check or acrobatics check? Acrobatics. All right, acrobatics. Do is. so gracefully. Fourteen total.
0: I'll say that's good enough. You don't have to take any damage from one story fall. You're yourself. That seems reasonable. I
2: just imagine self like
0: claws, this claws yeah.
2: in the building and just, it's just like that pirate sticking his knife in yes. his tail
1: yeah.
0: kind yeah. of thing. That's, that's cool.
1: I'll land next to the dwarf on the ground.
0: Excellent. Top of the order. Round two. So this thing has now been pushed back 10 feet. Selve is on the ground. You see your partner in the SVU doing what I assume to be some degree of a patented or signature swan dive onto danger. And it is your turn, Char. Char is going to
3: run as fast as he can towards the now pushed back horrifying moth creature. Um, He's moving still pretty slowly, but he's going to try and make his way up towards the front of this creature if he can. Yep, absolutely. So he's going to get right up next to the skull looking thing, and he's going to bring both of his arms around and just try and grab on to the antenna of the skull. He's going to attempt to grapple the creature as it's prone.
2: Hell yeah.
0: First of all, this is the worst feeling thing you've ever felt. Yes. It is this horrible claw feeling that you already felt, which is, again, just strange. You, you almost can't pinpoint why it's so freaking weird. Mm-hmm. And then imagine that, but made of bone. And it's no good. Yeah. But you are a trained guardsman. You, are, you know, have a long ancestry mm-hmm. of heroes behind you and of soldiers and of people who do their civic duty. Roll me an athletics check to grapple this thing. All right. Let's see it. 21 athletics. That's a five on the die.
3: Nice. So what was your total? 21 total.
0: Oh, uh, uh, Fine.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so you see Char go up and just like grab onto this creature as it's on the ground. And you can see him like struggling to maintain his grip and also just like stay as close as
0: he is to this creature. And he's just shaking with effort. But he does manage to hold on i forgot this thing is prone too yeah. mm-hmm. so you're like you're almost like i'm imagining like a bull being down mm-hmm. and you leap into action and are like holding onto its horns and just like keeping it like forcing it to be in the same place so that's going to be the end of his
3: turn as he's just like struggling to keep this thing immobile as much as he can
0: okay uh and be kept because you are still under its strange effects yep. you can roll me another wisdom saving throw that's gonna fail i have seven on the die
2: Val, now that the creature has been pushed back, will run towards the dwarf. Cool. And cast protection from evil and good.
0: Ooh. Nice. And okay. then
2: run away.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. And is that a, so? That's a like a touch range spell.
2: I touch. I have to touch a willing creature. Like, he is oh, not an up, unwilling creature. Hey, friend. Pat him down like just
0: boop. Yeah, what do you what do you say? Is it or is it just because you're in combat that it is just really that kind of straightforward? As like, quick prayer, back (laughs) to business, snap out of it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Val will probably run along the wall the dwarf is up against, grab his shoulder, and say,
1: "Come with me if you want to live." (laughs) No,
2: knowledge will protect you, and there's a quick glow from her hand and she kind of like gives a tug as she leaves to try to get him to follow her and will start retreating at that point.
0: Okay. Um, Could you, you can make me a strength check of some sort or a charisma check to be the proper amount of forceful and or gentle to care for this person.
2: I would like to try persuade him hell yeah 23
0: nice oh wow okay so this Thank person you, you so you can you you cast this on him and again you're still moving slow mm-hmm. and you're kind of only just able to get to him and kind of start him moving a little bit but as you're saying this and as you're comforting him and as your magic fills him and emboldens him he staggers up to his feet does not, you know, let lets himself be led away. He has a moment of lucidity and looks you straight in the eye and just says, They're all dead. They're all dead. But he follows you as you move.
2: And then I will move my spiritual weapon and attack again. Ooh, cool. Sixteen on the die. Absolutely. One, one point of damage. Wait. Two points of damage.
0: Which does less than you'd hope. Yeah, <laughs> oh, <no>.
2: Dang it. <laughs> Roll real shit. My d20 is doing great. My d8 is not. I'm going to switch that one out.
0: You guys all see Val charge in, say something, cast something on this person and start to move this victim out of the way. Cool.
2: Thanks, Char.
4: Oh, you got
0: it.
2: I believe in you
0: so Char yeah and you guys all of course see this now that you are well I guess I just, you're Harrison, yeah. Harrison, yeah. Doesn't Harrison doesn't see it. see it not yet he's, he's directly facing away from <laughs> as, as Char rubs its belly oh, and yeah. puts it to sleep oh uh, <laughs> Harrison we'll see I still haven't figured out how to hmm. well we'll figure it out Char yeah you're trying to wrestle this thing down trying to control it trying to do who knows what to buy time to do something and with this horrid superhuman strength. Mm -hmm. It cranes, not even its neck, but it's almost its skull-like thing moves up the body more than it raises its neck and seems to once again without eyes look directly at you and you hear a sound that may be familiar to you. Mm -hmm. Bong! A bell rings. And I would like everyone to make a strength saving throw. Oh no. And actually, Harrison, you're kind of at a weird angle. I'm going to give you advantage on this.
1: Cool. Self has a 19.
0: I'll just say, it's a DC 15. Fail. Fail. Succeed. Hey! Those who pass take three points of damage. Those who And this is unfortunate. Those who failed take six points of damage and are pushed backwards 20 feet.
2: (laughs) You know, I'm good with that. That's cool. I'm okay.
0: Yes. But it does mean that you and the person that you are saving get thrown into a wall.
2: Oh. Back that? I thought we were getting out.
0: New. No. I thought we
2: were. <laughs> no. I thought we just got like expeditious retreated out
4: of there. No. <laughs> no, that is not what
0: happened. Char, yeah. You get thrown,
4: Ugh.
0: and you also get thrown against the wall. Yeah. You take four more points of damage That's of good. bludgeoning damage. That's good. And the two of you take two d six damage because you're much closer to the wall, and get no, thrown no. much harder. Seven points of damage. Oh. oh, geez. But it's not all bad news because as this happens, I can't. I could. I, I really labored over this. How to explain it without getting into game mechanics in a fun, artisty way, and I failed. And sometimes the DM, you just have to be fine with that. The extra effect of a D four of damage being reduced seems to no longer be there. So you're able to move your limbs just a little bit faster and are no longer penalized on your damage rolls now that it's used that ability. So it blows everyone back and it is as if a sound wave goes off. It is in a huge bubble where just like and there's this hemisphere of force that just expands out from it. Then it moves up to the wall and is now within range of Val, of Char, and the dwarf, and Selv, I guess is uh, somewhere in there so too, right?
1: How fast does it look like it's moving? It was, I guess, technically prone, so true. It had to stand up, and if it, 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 made, if it made that full distance, can I get? A Roll estimate? me an insight
0: check or some other check because it is able to move that fast.
1: Um, uh, uh, insight's fine. Uh, 10? Hard
0: to say. It's What makes it hard for you is that you can't tell whether it is moving fast or whether things are so distorted around it that it seems like it's moving fast, if that makes sense. Okay. Yep. So it has the movement to stand up and scuttle around. The only person who's not on the ground and kind of in melee with it is the person who is next, <laughs> <laughs> who is about to do some stuff. Harrison, it is your turn. So did this creature move to the building away from him? Ha- I'm just wondering, mm-hmm. is
3: there a chance that Harrison could fall on this creature?
0: There is a 100% chance that Harrison could fall on this creature.
3: Okay, cool. As Harrison falls backwards off the top of this roof, he does like this corkscrew
1: movement as he falls. I just imagine this one little glance between Harrison and Illusion Harrison where they kind of just look at each other and lock <laughs> yeah. eyes for a second. Yeah. And they're just like just kind of nod And yeah. then illusion Harrison.
3: <laughs> He's like, we got this. <laughs> so as Harrison and his illusory duplicate corkscrew uh, and fall to the ground, they both give themselves that nod of like, hell yeah, we can do this. And then the duplicate just
0: falls much faster yeah. <laughs> than Harrison does. No, actually, it's interesting. You guys fall at seemingly normal rates. Okay. It is just your walking and running movements that change. And you guys drop at the same rate, interestingly enough.
3: Okay, gotcha. So as Harrison falls, he is going to try to land onto the creature and stab it with his short sword. (laughs) He's just doing like a rotating dive into this creature. Yep, absolutely. 16 to hit. That'll hit. Because there are so many people adjacent to him, he is going to get a sneak attack. Yes, indeed. 10 points of damage.
2: Whew. Minus your
3: 1v4?
0: That is no, not that happening is, anymore. That is no longer in effect. Oh, I'm sorry. Effect. Yes. It does less damage I'm than sure. you do. But it does she- more damage <laughs> than it previously
3: would have. And that is unfortunately his whole turn because he does not have a bonus action. But he's going to try and break out of this slow aura. Yes.
2: You perfect. Got it, Harrison.
0: Natural 20. Yay, nice. I mean... How could it be anything different for Harrison? Like, of course, now is the time for action.
2: Of course, jumping off the building solved everything.
0: Obviously. People should try it more often. I mean, it, clearly so it works. Is the only person affected now fully char? char? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Self, your turn. So right. again, you seemingly once again have been able to do full, da- I mean, again, asterisk full damage, but have been able to do full damage to this thing.
1: I uh, I was a little worried with the uh, that gong kind of bell Type thing, and it was because of recent commercials. I was going to be like, and all of us turn and go to Taco Bell. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, you are not. You are not
2: compelled. It is time to live, Moss. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it is not a
0: fourth meal monster.
1: Uh, okay, Selv is going to bring his quarterstaff, kind of in front of him, and ca- and aim for this as close as he can get to the head of this moth thing. Yeah, and going to attack twice. So first attack. A 16 to hit. That hits. Five points of damage. Okay. Full damage. I'm going to use a key point to flurry.
2: Nice. nice, nice Seems nice.
1: reasonable. 16 to hit for four points of damage. Excellent. And unfortunately, a, Full damage. a four to hit. Uh, that is not. And then I am going to not be happy about my current location. And that will be the end of my turn.
0: That is the end of round two. You guys are all pretty much, other than Harrison, (laughs) pushed up against a wall with this creature. You've all been blown back. Char, it is your turn.
3: Char, when he got pushed back against the wall, did he get knocked prone? No. Okay, so he just, like, sort of shakes himself off a little bit um, from the, the force of getting pushed into the wall, and he faces the creature... I'm assuming right now he and Selv are kind of like looking at it from different angles. Uh, and so he just rears back and just starts punching this thing as hard as he can, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just like mostly in anger, but also in trying to get its attention away from the dwarf. He's going to make an attack. 13 to hit. That is a miss. All right, sounds good. So he's not able to connect with his uh, giant arms, but what he does do is he's, he's going to call out. Astralin, you're up, and he's going to use his commander's strike ability. He's going to command an ally that he can see to immediately use its reaction to make a weapon attack against something. Lovely, awesome.
1: Ooh. Is that a
2: bonus action?
1: It's a it's a non action, basically. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right, I will uh, I will use my reaction. Ooh, Ooh so close! Nice. Uh, it's a 19 on the die to hit, so that's uh, 23 to hit.
0: Hot damn! Nice. Absolutely,
1: nine points of damage. Nice. nice. It was a good roll.
3: Does full point, full damage. And Char just kind of like gives you that, like, good job. That's the end of his turn. He's going to try and shake off the effects of this. Good uh, luck. Aura. Yeah. Come
2: on, Char.
3: Ooh, nice. Uh, that's going to be 18. Yes. You are now also free. Excellent. That Excellent. is the end of his turn.
2: Just Sophie here giving everybody guidance. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly.
1: Oh. From a distance. Speaking <laughs>
0: of Val, you were mid slowly dragging this dwarf away this this harrowed victim when you were just blindsided and just thrown up against the wall and now once again you are face to face with this monster the dwarf is still next to you he is very out of it what do you do
2: so Val having been blasted into this wall I'm imagining kind of got blasted uh, on her shoulder so she pushes herself off the wall spins around and is just still frightened and worried and uncertain as to what is going to happen. So kind of almost out of a panic reaction, she unleashes Guiding Bolt
4: onto
2: this creature. Okay. Yes, 17 on the die, so it's a 22 to hit.
0: Yep, that hits.
2: 12 points of Damage.
0: Okay, less than you'd hope.
2: Yes, and the next attack has advantage. I should have done this in a different order, but fuck it, I'm doing it. I have not optimized this turn.
0: Well, someone else's attack will have advantage.
2: (laughs) I attack it with (laughs) spiritual
3: weapon.
0: (laughs) Oh, got it, got it, got it, got it. I thought you had already for some reason. Carry on.
3: No, I'm gonna do it.
0: Well, you have advantage, (laughs) so that's pretty cool. It is is cool.
2: Fifteen on the die. Mm
0: -hmm. Nice.
2: Eight points of damage, and that's it.
0: This creature, now that it is no longer actively feeding and is actively combating, it's going to take a legendary action. No. Just just give it the dwarf. It's just... just, (laughs) (laughs) Just Val. just (laughs) Val, could you make me a constitution saving throw, please? Yes.
1: The answer is yes. I can make I will. I, can. On, Val, I,
2: I must make it. <laughs> 11.
1: That's
0: a fail. Damn it. Uh, from my angle, it was like an 18, and I was really excited oh, for no. you, but no. Val, as you are turning away from this creature, you get this, again, this feeling overcomes you, not just that you are... In this open space, alone, vulnerable, a tiny speck. But now you feel as if something is pulling you deeper into that isolation, deeper into how alone and small you are. And you find yourself on top of the building as you have been teleported 10 feet up and are no longer able to see the creature. Val... what
2: <laughs> turns around three sixty in a circle in just utter bewilderment, <laughs> and is trying to figure out what just happened. Yep. and
0: you can still hear it is still right down there. Like yeah. there's still battle and that kind of stuff, but it has moved you, like kept you further away, further alone. Mm.
1: Oh, I thought first. Sophie's
2: thought, real happy about this. Like, I, I, I am very. Yeah. I, I thought first.
1: I thought for a second to be Val, Val turns three sixty, looks around, and just goes, "I am a god. This <laughs> <laughs> <It> is." <laughs> Thank you, God of Knowledge. This is exactly what I wanted.
2: No, Val is still How did you know? under the aura of fear and is like, well, fuck. Uh,
0: now it is the Mothman's turn. Oh, no. First, it is going to make an attack against self. It's a 19 on the die. Yep. 10 points of bludgeoning damage.
1: Ooh. Oof. I
0: am so glad Val on the good. And then, as part of... It, as its second attack, is going to reach out and try to grab the dwarf that it had been attacking.
2: No, my dwarf buddy. Uh,
0: rolled a 15 on the die. This is the DM die for the night, apparently. And does not do damage, but brings it, once again, just in lightning speed especially with you guys feeling the way that you do with lightning speed reaches out and snatches this dwarf and just thrusts it back into its face just almost pressing forehead to forehead and this dwarf once again goes almost unresponsive with fear and terror and who knows what else though it does have protection against good and evil on it so I was going to say, how did we rule that last time? Because I think Selve got it casted on him.
2: Yes. Uh, so it's protected against aberrations, grants several benefits. Creatures of those types have disadvantage on attack rolls.
0: I had forgotten. Okay. I re-rolled and rolled a four on the die. Yay. Mm-hmm. Nice. So it just reaches out and tries to grab at this creature, and you guys all see, and Val doesn't, this flash of light almost repel the claw attack and it does not is not able to grab and you can once again hear not in a an attack way but you hear another bell sound as it chimes out harrison you are atop this creature. <laughs> i am on top of it yes as a bonus
3: action harrison is actually going to disengage cool and as an action, he is going to make the illusory duplicate of himself, run in front of this creature's field of vision in front of the dwarf and just sort of bring his sword up and take the, the stance to, uh, uh, to protect him. Uh-huh. Okay. Harrison disengages. And as he's running away, he tries to throw his voice in the direction of the dwarf. And it's like, hey, Dark and Stormy, <laughs> why don't you pick on something your own size? And he's just like this tiny dwarf standing against... uh, He's just this tiny halfling standing against this monstrously large creature.
0: But Uh, the real him is hiding. (laughs) Uh, Give me a... We will say either deception or performance check.
3: Deception
1: is nine. Okay. Uh, Upon hearing Harrison's uh, yell out and challenge to the creature to pick Mm -hmm. on something its own size, Selv will just kind of say quietly to the the, the darkness around him. That would be me. <laughs> Ooh, uh, 18 on the die for a total of 22 to hit.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Four points of bludgeoning damage. That's all the
0: damage. Wonderful.
1: I'm going to spend another key point, and I am going to flurry of blows. <laughs> I got to stop doing the flurry of blows. That doesn't work. Uh, that's a one on the die. Does a 12 hit? 12 does not hit. All right. That was a wasted key point. Damn. Those are some rough rolls. Mm -hmm. I will, as long as I'm still within 15 feet of the creature, I'm going to scoot around so that I could be next to the dwarf.
0: Top of the order. When something happens, once again, almost in slow motion, you all hear the deep ring of a bell. And we'll see you next week. No! <laughs> what? Oh, come on! <laughs>
1: what no? We'll
0: see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Pausing mid-comedy is
1: bad for my constitution.